Welcome to Our Concrete Garden, a four-part series hoping to plant some seeds about why urban green spaces are so important for uniting our communities. I'm your host, Rawson, and let's talk a bit more about the city I love so much, Toronto. Toronto is a beautiful city. It's a loud and vibrant place, but still a little rough on the edges. It's the most populated city in Canada, and a national leader for education, media, tourism, and sports. There's a lot happening in the city. Things that we're proud of, and some things we could probably do better on. With so much happening under one roof, it seemed like nothing could slow this powerhouse down. Until it did. On March 23, 2020, Mayor John Tory declared a state of emergency in Toronto following a rise in cases of the novel coronavirus, or COVID-19. For the first time in the 21st century, Toronto, along with the rest of the world, closed their doors and shuttered their windows. So what happens when nearly 3 million Torontonians are told to stay indoors? Well, people start to get a little squirrely to say the least. Stores closed, bars and restaurants ran dry, schools and workplaces moved online, and for many of us in the city, all we had was just our four walls. Wherever you were, whomever you had to share it with, just inside. Later on, as we began to emerge from our caves, the lockdown really shed a light on how vital public spaces are, especially these outdoor spots which were some of the only places we could go out to while we were social distancing. Being cooped up all the time during the shutdown really illuminated the importances of having green spaces in our lives, like parks, gardens, trails, and all those other scenic spaces big or small. Maybe that was just all of us catching up to some well-known secret, a biological link for us and nature dating centuries ago. Or maybe it was just something fun to do on the weekend that didn't involve our homes. On this episode of Our Concrete Garden, we'll be asking, why do we like being with plants so much anyways? I started my research by hitting the books. And the jury's out. Humans like to look at plants. Japanese studies examining physiological responses have revealed that simply looking at plants can reduce feelings of stress, fear, anger, and sadness, all while reducing blood pressure, heart rate, and muscle tension. People exhibited these improvements when observing a simple green hedge, while other members of the sample group were made to observe a concrete wall fence and then displayed higher signs of distress. For a different study of participants who were viewing a money plant, physical effects could be witnessed in as little as five minutes. These types of experiments often take place at healthcare centers. A variety of reports featuring different populations like hospice patients, people with intellectual, mental, or physical disabilities, or patients with dementia have been conducted and all reported back similar findings that these participants felt more soothed after being exposed to greenery. So is it just living beings like being around other living beings? Not quite. Studies using photographs, 
artistic depictions, and virtual reality headsets with natural scenes all produce calming effects. For hospitalized participants, they ended up needing less pain-treating medication after these plant therapy experiments, or they had shorter hospital stays. Even more compelling, the same didn't apply for those who were made to witness abstract art and sculptures, which actually caused negative reactions of stress and anxiety to those patients. These types of studies have been conducted all over the globe, but truthfully, you could probably learn it all from just one man, Dr. Roger S. Ulrich. He's an American researcher who has been credited as the forefather of evidence-based design, the study of how environments can influence behaviors or health outcomes. How can a store change its shelving to increase sales? How can office layout boost productivity? Or for our case, how does the introduction of greenery increase vitality in healthcare facilities? He's been changing the game for over 50 years now, and I wouldn't be surprised if interior design students and healthcare students are still learning about him today. While his work covers a variety of spaces, his long-standing bibliography of published works related to healthcare institutions still act as sacred texts. So, what does he and other scholars believe is at the root of this relationship? Well, we don't know and further research is needed. Which kinda makes sense. The benefits of plant interaction can be detected physically through things like brain scans and blood pressure monitoring, but the real action is just happening mentally. The science world takes these conclusions very seriously, so while I'm sure Roger has come to his own conclusion after a 50 plus year long career, I'm not really sure if he'd be willing to stamp a verdict on it unless it had some type of unshakable lab result. Though, the running theory is actually pretty simple. It's just a nice distraction. One publication chalks it all up to this. The perception of pain and stressful emotions overloads the body's attention span, and things like the scenic environment takes our minds off of those negative feelings and instead focuses it into something more pleasant. But that's just the passive enjoyment of plants. There's still the big element of actually gardening and interacting with green spaces. For those engaging in things like gardening, there are factors about physical activity, sun exposure, and learning a skill that are all pertinent to why humans may enjoy planting as well. And you can probably picture it for yourself too. A nice bright day, the warm sun on your arms, your fingertips plunged into some soft soil. And every time a breeze rolls by, all the seedlings and leaves swaying in unison. A very zen scene if you ask me. These only further add on to the distraction theory we're running with. Gardening just seems to cultivate good vibes all around. While Dr. Ulrich is currently in Sweden teaching at Chalmers University of Technology, our guest this episode can tell you firsthand why gardening and plants are just so important to her. No red tape required. Ileana, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're doing well. Maybe if you want to start just kind of by introducing yourself and what is it that you do? Yes, I am urban agricultural relief worker at the Stop Community Food Center. I had a background in business administration and I worked in the corporate world for most of my career life. 
I decided to take a turn uh, to get involved with the nonprofit sector because that was the last piece of in the industry that I haven't worked on. And I have a very lot of interest in plants and nature and the environment. So I got involved with community gardens and that led me to land a job at the stop working at the greenhouse and during the winter of 2021. In May, we uh, were rehired as urban agricultural relief workers. So we're working at the outdoor gardens as well as the greenhouse. Yeah. And then you said that you started out in the corporate kind of business world doing admin stuff. So maybe if you could talk a bit about how you got involved in community gardening. Did you have any experience before doing any gardening? No, no, I did not have any experience growing any gardens. And how I got involved is the Stop Community Food Center has various programs. So I've done When I was in between careers or having time off, I would always go back and volunteer in different programs. I did the community dining programs. I did the food bank. I did the gardens. I worked in the gardens. And so I have learned a lot. And it's been a very fulfilling experience working in a nonprofit sector and in an organization such as STOP. How I got involved initially is I was years ago when my son was very young. I used to take him to the Dufferin Grove Park. And they had a children's garden there. And as I was walking by with him, one lady came out of the <laughs> shrubs and, and just said, come and garden with us. And, and that's something I, I never done before in my life. In fact, in, you know, sadly in my home country, we have some stigmas about this kind of labor work. That's something I never conceived in doing. And so, but my son was there and he showed interest. They had a little snack program for kids that participated in the gardens. So we got involved. It is just, it changed my life. The first time I planted something, it, it was just magic, you know, to have the seed and then come by a week or two later and see the break of the soil and, you know, grow and become a plant that gives you fruit. It, it was very fascinating experience and the experience of touching the soil with my hands is an experience like second to none you know there's no experience like that it's like I feel like very connected to the earth I feel like the earth is breathing I feel the pulse of the earth of the soil so uh, that's how I got involved at the Green Grove Park and then one thing led to the other Um, I got involved at the stop with the different programs and they had the gardens there. So I started volunteering about uh, five, six years ago with them in their community gardens and uh, learning more and more every day about the wonders of nature. I'm very curious about, were there any things that you were nervous about when you started gardening? Not at all. Well, there was a, a time, how would I say, it was a, a turning point for me in what it means you know, to be in contact with Mother Nature. I have a family member that was very ill in my home country and one day I went to the garden and I think I cried and I was very angry while I was putting seeds on the soil and then I felt really bad I thought oh my gosh what have I done I put all my negative energy while planting these seeds and I put all my negative energy in mother earth what have I done I felt very very scared and yes it was it was a very frightening moment. Then I came back a week or two later and I saw the flowers coming up. The plant was growing and that was a very special moment because it, that just told me this is what we call the Mother Earth. No matter what you do, she's always there for you, right? So after that, I lost my fear and 
I would say Mother Earth is my best buddy. Her and I will go in hand in hand. We're going together and we trust each other. <laughs> and I trust that Mother Earth is so given and she will always be there for us, no matter how we behave sometimes with her. Yeah, I definitely feel that when you say about putting your energy kind of into the earth and kind of being like, maybe I need something bigger than me to help take this burden right now, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so yes, when, I, when I'm gardening and I, I, you know, the more I do it, the more I, I feel part of this uh, bigger ecosystem. When I'm in the garden, when I walk into the garden now, it's, it's a very spiritual experience. I feel like, like I'm a, a set of microorganisms. My body is not my body anymore. I feel like I'm a, just a compound of microorganisms and I blend with the other microorganisms that are around me whether they're insects, bees, bugs, the soil, the sky. I feel part of this bigger ecosystem. So I feel there's something bigger than myself out there. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, and I know the last time we spoke, we talked about something like that too and how like it's kind of helpful in like decentering the ego and like decentering ourselves and realizing that, yeah, there are things bigger than us. And like you're saying, we're all a part of the ecosystem. Even below us, there's like billions of bugs and stuff all around. But it's good to kind of like focus on those smaller things too, especially during our like pacing day today. The what during the the pace of life today? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it is so important. Like I'm, I'm saying, this is... Now, this it's thing is a practice, and the more I do it, like as soon as I put a foot on the garden, it's like my body disintegrates. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just becoming part of every living thing that's there, right? Like whether it's something in the soil or the plants, the seeds, everything is alive in a garden. And nobody, there is no hierarchy. There is no one that is more important than the other. I feel that is a very leveling. An equalizer. I, I become down to the ground. Like I said, I feel like disintegrate. I'm at the same level as any little bug that's buzzing around me, the soil, everything, everything you know, that's, that's around and alive in a garden. Kind of taking that idea of being with other things and other people, I'm wondering how have you connected to others because of gardening and nature? Yeah, I mean, the, it's, I would say people come from different backgrounds, different walks of life. And, you know, some people have had traumatic experiences. People from all levels come to a garden. And I find, it, like, when we're there, we are all one and the same. And uh, like I said, it's an equalizer. It's, it's very leveling. We connect through a common cause, which is, you know, put a seat on the ground and, and see and see that seed become a seedling and grow into a plant and then produce fruit. So this is this is all we focus on. We have a common purpose. When it comes to opportunities like community gardens and such, I feel like typically even though they're usually made, for example, like let's say the Dufferin Grove Park, well, probably they're residents of the Dufferin Grove area mm-hmm. or if it's at a school, you're probably going to the school. But I think when it comes to these public spaces it really is a gathering point for so many different people have you found that to be the case yes i have found people from all nationalities walks of life people that are taking a break from work for whatever reason students children the elderly everybody brings their wisdom and you know their skills (sighs) like i said it's leveling 
like we all become one and the same, right? It's not like you are in this silo or you're in that silo. No, we, we, we become part of this ecosystem as well because part of feeling connected with nature, I also feel connected to other people. I, I feel when I'm in a garden, I feel like my feet are the roots of a tree and you know, they are interconnected underground with everything that's alive there. Um, that includes people and plants. And then moving outwards from community gardens, mm-hmm. we have a lot of different parks, parkettes, even just public spaces of gathering in Toronto. What do you think about the current state of them? Uh, we could be planting edibles everywhere, <laughs> having raised beds, more community gardens, and even in ravines, you know, there's edibles occurring naturally, educate people on, you know, what plants are edible or medicinal. And, uh, but definitely I would like to see more community gardens throughout the city. There is not, not, not enough spaces to grow food. And also I would say promote more media um, and educate the public more on the, you know, the benefits of growing your own food for both your mental and physical health and also, you know, from the financial point of view too. I don't think there is enough awareness about these, you know, these opportunities. Yeah, and I feel like oftentimes when it comes to these projects that you're describing, like community gardens or even these kind of awareness projects, a lot of it comes from community centers that operate more on like a local level. Have you been seeing or hearing messaging from the municipal or provincial or federal government talking about that? Or where do you personally find this information from? It's very hard to find. I moved to a new neighborhood and it's very hard to find community garden. I just found out in my neighborhood now there are wait lists of four to five years and this is a low-income neighborhood so access to food and you know education too about having urban farms uh, I think is is very very important and that's what's missing now more to promote and you know uh, educate the public about and give the and give the land right provide a piece of land for people like ideally I would like to see that every neighborhood has a community garden so uh, for those who choose to they can you know uh, access food by uh, and it would have to be a you know headcount a considered density in a neighborhood and figure out how many community gardens how many slots do we need and I, I think that would uh, boost the health of the community you know by being outside engaging in a physical activity that will provide you know health benefits not to mention that when you eat from what you grow, I can feel the, ben- the, the instant benefits in my body. I, I feel a different energy eating a lettuce versus a lettuce that I bought from the grocery store because these, these vegetables are grown organically, you know, for the most part. And so they, the, the, the vegetables that grow there are harnessing all the nutrients of the soil as opposed to having artificial fertilizers. Do you ever interact with the gardeners much nowadays? because of like COVID or, you know, maybe not seeing them so much? Yes, we interact with gardeners. COVID restrictions are, are lifting slowly. And, but having said that, every gardener has this, this tolerance about how much clothes they want to get to you or, you know, how much distance they want to keep. Um, so, but all in all, it's been a very community-based experience. Yeah, were you able to access the garden during COVID when it was really going down? Yes, they were declared essential services last summer. There was a late start last summer, but we managed to keep it going. 
how did you find your experience doing this gardening during COVID for your own mental health? Oh, it, it's been incredible. Like even before COVID, right? Like <laughs> COVID has just highlighted some or exacerbated mental health issues, but it's a known fact that even going into before COVID, you know, there is a um, widespread or epidemic of mental health illnesses, you know, in mainly in, in urban cities. So it's for me is uh, is a very meditative experience. So when I go and, you know, down my knees in the ground, it, it's just me on the earth. I definitely feel calmer after a gardening session and I go home and I sleep better. So yeah, it's, it's very, very soothing and very calming. Great. And I think kind of maybe the last bigger question I have for you, when it comes to public spaces and uh, public green spaces in specific in Toronto, who do you think is missing from the decision-making table? Whose input should we be considering more? Well, I would say doctors, educators, Doctors do the benefits, uh, the health benefits of growing your own food. Being outside is, is a physical activity. A garden is proven to lower blood pressure, lower heart rates. And so doctors, educators, universities, colleges maybe broadcast more urban agriculture, urban agriculture courses and city planners, right? Uh, urban planners you know, at city level, when, you know, they design, you know, the urbanization of the city to make sure that every household secure a place to grow food. Not only can be in, in gardens and uh, public spaces, it can be in rooftops of buildings, providing housing. How can housing and food security go hand in hand? Thank you so much for sharing all the information to Ileana. I think that that's actually everything I wanted to cover today. So I think you've done a great job in sharing that. I was wondering if you had any final message to say about gardening. Yes, I would say I encourage anyone to experience it and to not have fear. Mother Nature is very given and forgiven. And even if we make mistakes, uh, Mother Nature has a way to give back or correct itself. Yeah, no fear at all. Yeah, I mean, the connection with nature has been um, incredible. And also the experience I got, I, I'm not from Canada, but by gardening, I have had a sense or a taste of Indigenous, Canadian uh, Indigenous culture and life. So, and I think they hold the key to a sustainable and happy life. The only way to be happy is to be connected with nature. Indigenous people understand that. So I had a privilege by being so connected with the soil, with the earth, I had the privilege to experience what Indigenous people practices and life has been all about. Like not being Canadian, coming here and connected, connected Indigenous people through my work on the, on, with the soil, with the earth, has, been, has made me feel part of that community and appreciate what they do. So I would like to see more information or more education about Indigenous wisdom and their knowledge of the land. Promote it, broadcast it, and make it very, very public and visible to everyone. Well, there you have it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Mother Nature has always got your back, and keep on supporting Indigenous people too. Thanks again to Ileana for being such a great guest and providing so much insight about the gardening experience. 
It's really great to hear from a participant about how meaningful this process can be. Next episode, though, we'll be taking a look on things from the other side of the coin and diving into the world of community gardens. Until then, I'm your host, Rawson. This is Our Concrete Garden, and I'll see you next time.